Hi there, and welcome to another interview. A bit unusual because it's based on a Facebook post that I read, and I found it absolutely inspiring and amazing, and an amazing story. And therefore, I had to contact my guest, who is Roxana. Hi, Roxana. Hey. It's really nice to uh, to have you on. Um, I won't read the whole post out. I'm going to ask you to tell me why you wrote it. So what made you write this four-year ketoversary post? Well, it's been four years, so I thought I should update everyone. I started the keto journey um, really not knowing what I was getting into, but I thought it was this was the thing. This was my hope, and um, this has to work. And um, two years later, I had an update. Um, I had a, lost a lot of weight. And um, then in the past two years, I kind of stalled. Um, so at the three-year mark, I didn't make an update post. And then I thought, no, I, at the four-year mark, I have to make an update post. And um, and yeah, that's, that's why I did the post. I also um, wanted to um, show to people that um, this works, even though I'm stalled. The health benefits I had so far are just um, amazing. Yeah, and I think that's a really good point, actually, because many people do have that weight loss stalled. And I say, and I say your body is adapting. You know, this is really common. It can be a month. It can be two months. And then you'll kick back up into losing a bit of weight, or it could be you've gained muscle, bone density, loads of different things. But stick with it. And I think most other ways of eating, it is just purely about the scale but it's not when you're doing this i think it's all about health as well i mean i would be quite happy to have a weight loss stall if for instance my my um, acid reflux got better during that period of time and i do point that out to many people i mean did you have quite a few things that you needed to resolve then yes so at the beginning of the weight loss stall i wasn't concerned because i thought okay it's my body healing and um, the benefits I had until then was I lost over 100 pounds, which brought me from the obesity into the overweight category. That was awesome. Then it got me off insulin. So I'm type 2 diabetic. I had an A1C of 8.5, um, which is actually terrible. And I was on insulin. So um, even though being on insulin, it wasn't controlled. And um, now I'm off insulin and my A1C is 5.2. So that's much, much, much better. And um, the acid reflux, like you mentioned, GERD, um, I don't need the proton pump inhibitors anymore. So that's great. I'm, I don't, like every now and then I take a Tums, but um, um, actually not for the past two months, I think. And um, so I wasn't concerned about the weight stall. And I keep telling everyone, um, don't be concerned about the weight stall. It's, um, it's your body healing. But after two years, I thought, oh, well. A little long, <laughs> so I dove um, a little deeper into it, and it turned out that I was severely hypothyroid. I do take uh, medication for Hashimoto; it's a thyroid replacement, and I was just not taking enough. So my T four uh, was critically low. Now, almost critically low. It wasn't just low; it was almost critically low. So that um, that that was the cause for my weight loss. So since I now up the dose, um, I'm losing weight again. I just want to say, um, if you want to lose weight and you're stalled, don't go running for thyroid medication. That's not how it works. For me, it works because I was hypothyroid. Yeah, absolutely. It, that's a very good, um, sensible thing to add there. So your journey, when when did it start? When did you first 
think oh, maybe I should go and do some other way of eating. Um, so it, it wasn't really that I thought I should do some other way of eating because I had, like in my mind, I tried it all. I tried Weight Watchers, I tried calorie restriction, I tried... Um, I, I, even like one of these um, services where you um, have food mailed and um, I, I, I really, I tried a lot, but I always fail. So I thought um, this can't be the way to go. Like it's not, I, I didn't really know what to do. But just before I started, I had very high blood sugar levels. I had um, sugar levels like in the US units, it would be in the high 400s. I was um, like in the 25 to almost 30 range for a week straight and that really messed with me like um it's it's hard to explain but you can't think straight and um i also have other um health issues like for example nash which is inflamed fatty liver so it's a step up from non-alcoholic fatty liver and so i thought like keto is something i can never do because it's going to harm my liver um and then when my glucose levels were so high my son is type 1 diabetic and then I was already on long-acting insulin. So I went to this room in the middle of the night and said, I got to borrow some of your short-acting insulin. Well, I didn't say short-acting insulin. I said, some of your insulin. And um, so he gave it to me and I calculated in my head that wasn't working right at the moment. And um, thought, okay, so so many units. And then I injected the, the insulin. And then I thought, oh man, like, what if you did a miscalculation so i called a friend in germany and um he was on his morning commute and he said um, um calculated everything too and he said no i think you're good but don't go to sleep uh check your sugar level every half hour and um watch this video like look up dr stephen finney so i looked him up and the odd thing was that it says keto right in the title but i i, I didn't see that so I watched those actually two videos, one hour each, and I thought, oh man, like I'm getting like goosebumps now saying it. Um, I I thought this is what I have to do. Like that this that's what gave me hope. And I knew how keto worked, and then I knew why it would work, and um, it was the way for me to go. So I made the decision then and there. I'm going keto. That's brilliant, and uh, yeah, excellent explanation. I just wonder. Can you remember what made you think, what have you read or seen that made you think keto will hurt your liver? Was there a particular thing you'd read or just generally in the media? Yes, obviously generally in the media. So um, my son, like I said, is type 1 diabetic and he was diagnosed about yeah 10, 10 years before I started keto. So um, then in the type 1 community for parents, um, there's a few people who say, oh, you got to um, restrict the carbs for your children. And then I thought, oh, no, like what a bad idea. They will resent you for restricting their diet. And then it's dangerous. It's only given to to children with um, epilepsy who are um, resistant to, to medication. And um, so there were like, like a lot of um, red flags right from that community. And then, of course, um, keto involves eating more meat and more red meat. And and um, so um, the liver doctor said, don't eat red meat. Um, she told me actually to drink coffee. So that was awesome. Like, like yeah, I'm, I'm on board with coffee. And um, but uh, with the weight loss, I, I, I couldn't do it. And um, 
it's still like when I post my meals in diabetes communities, they say, oh, this will kill your liver and this will kill your kidneys and, and um, you'll get heart disease from this and that. And um, it's it's the predominant, mm, yeah, it's, it's it's it seems like common knowledge, but it's really based not on any science. It's, it's just wrong. Yes. And I mean, uh, I wonder if if you had spotted keto in the title of that video, maybe this life changing video you wouldn't have watched. But anyway, you did, which which is which is amazing. So the list is endless, isn't it, of, of things that it's done for you. It's, it's made you lose that weight. Um, your type 2 diabetes is um, in remission, which is great. Uh, GERD seems to have improved. You also had uh, in your post something about arthritis. Is is has that improved? Yes and no. So initially, um, I was on a very um, large dose of azathioprine. Azathioprine is an immunous um, suppressant, so it suppresses the immune system system. You're supposed to start on a um, dose that's 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 bigger, and then um, you're um, adjusted to a lower dose, like a maintenance dose. And that that didn't happen for me. So I was put on that huge dose and I was never brought down to a maintenance dose. And I was on that for, I don't know, 15, 10, 15 years or so. And then when I lost the weight, I asked my doctor, like, um, how about reducing, it's Imuran, how about reducing that? And and, um, she said, "Uh, oops. (laughs) And I thought, okay, it's never good when the doctor says oops. And so the problem was I was on a dose that is given to kidney transplant recipients. So as if I was an organ transplant recipient and that dose was way too high. So that was immediately cut in half. I mean, not not like immediately, like, like tapered out to half. And then I still felt like no symptoms, like my fingers were perfect. And <clears throat> it started lowering the dose and lowering and lowering and lowering the dose until I was on nothing. And I was still good for about a year. And then after that year, because I felt so good, um, I started doing Taekwondo. And I think I may have over-exercised. Or there may have been stresses in my life. I don't know what happened, but I did get flare-ups again. And um, I then saw another um, rheumatologist. And he said, actually, you don't have rheumatoid arthritis. You have inflammatory arthritis. I think it's palindromic arthritis, where you have flares every now and then. But um, uh, the, the... like I, I don't have any bone de- deformations, so um, he said I would be the first patient in his career, and he was close to retiring, um, that would have rheumatoid arthritis and no bone deformations. Nevertheless, um, the inflammations came back, and uh, I kind of now am shifting more towards a lion diet to see if I can tease out this sweet spot where I don't have to be on medication. And not get um, inflammation. So I'm not quite there yet. Working on that. Well, that that's something we could follow up on at some point. And I know you've got a YouTube channel now, and um, you're trying to spread the word. So when you found these influencers, especially uh, Ken Berry, did you get any one-to-one advice with him, or was it just watching his videos? How did it work? Yes. So Dr. Stephen Finney, he isn't on social media really, and um, so I looked for more information. One of the first ones I found was Dr. Ken Berry and then also Dr. Jason Fang. Um, Dr. Ken Berry had a Facebook community 
So I became a member of that and he did lives and I could ask questions. It was kind of cool. And the more questions I asked, like at one point I said, well, you, you really changed my life. What can I do to repay you? And he said, just spread the word. And I'm kind of like a sucker for challenges. So then I created my Facebook group, my Twitter, my website, and um, now I'm starting YouTube. It's it's an old YouTube account, but I just put two interviews on there, one with um, Dr. Barry and one with Dr. Tony Hampton. And um, it's amazing to get to know these people. And it's amazing to actually see that they are the real deal. They're not just influencers trying to make a quick buck. They're actually saving lives. And um, Dr. Barry is now on um, Mighty Network with his own community, the proper human diet community. And um, he has 10 or so coaches in there, and I'm one of them. So um, now I actually know him. So that's that's pretty awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. So how how did you go about getting qualified to be a coach? What did you need to do? Um, when he said spread the word, I wanted to give other people advice, but I knew I couldn't just rely on, on, on my own knowledge. So I started taking courses. One of them was um, with Nutrition Network. Um, it was just a keto, low-carb, high-fat keto advisor course. And then I went to these low-carb conferences. Um, there was Low-Carb USA and Low-Carb Denver. And then I learned about that if I take more courses, I could become a metabolic health practitioner. So that's what obviously was the next step. And then a friend told me, hey, you can become a coach practitioner. And that was actually a pretty intense course because it was weekly Zooms with, um, they were two hours and then writing essays and uh, finding the science. And they just didn't give us a list of science. So we had to find everything ourselves. And uh, the last thing I now did was primal health coaching. That's uh, with Mark Sisson and, um, or it's, it's his institute. And I became certified two weeks ago. Oh, congratulations. That's great. Thanks. Yeah, I, I like Mark Sisson. I never had him on, actually, and I, I would love to um, meet him. But I think your your Facebook post was just, it just resonated with me because one of the things you talked about was um, carb addiction. And it's mm -hmm. a disease. You've actually wrote addiction is the disease of the brain. And restricting yourself wasn't something that, you found easy. So could you just speak a little bit about that? Yes. So this was something I wasn't really aware of. When I started keto, every time I did a diet before, I lost 20 pounds. And then I thought, okay, now I'm going to reward myself with a carrot cake with frosting. And then I had that cake and it was delicious. And then I was off off the diet. I, I could not get myself back on plan. I, I just couldn't. And I did never clue in. Like in 30 years, I thought, um, I'm just, I don't, just don't have willpower. Um, I'm just failing. And I thought it was my, my, my fault. And then I learned about food addiction and that it basically checks all the criteria of real addiction. Um, and now I'm saying real addiction because both are real for me. Uh, when you are an alcoholic, no one would seriously tell you, Hey, you've done like a month of sobriety. How about we drink on that? No one would say that or um, just have it in moderation because if you completely cut it out, you won't be able to control your, your cravings. Um, like these things, no one would say that to an alcoholic and to uh, a food addict. It seems abnormal, like in this society, not to eat sugar. It's, it's almost like frowned upon, like what's wrong with you? And, um, but it's, 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 if, 
not everyone is a food addict. Not not a sugar addict, I should say. Not everyone is a sugar addict, but those who are cannot moderate. And so the problem is really the loss of control. When you take the substance of abuse, you cannot control your behavior. It's like similar to taking a breath. You can only so and so long hold your breath, and then your brain will override that. You you have to breathe, and it's the same with sugar. It sounds dramatic, but if you're a sugar addict, you know. Absolutely. It, well, it sounds dramatic because it is. I mean, if you're addicted to sugar and you end up with diabetic complications, as Dr. Sean Baker is saying, and I think Gary Fecky as well, you know, these people are having amputations and that's touched my family. My stepfather had to have an amputation due to the bi- uh, diabetes being out of control. So, yeah. Um, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you with your analogy about the alcoholic. I say that about alcoholics or smokers. You know, you'd never say to a smoker, oh, we'll just have a couple of packs on Saturday to celebrate that you got through the week because that's yeah. ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. So why people get away with it when it comes to food is, is beyond me. So uh, your regime, because people will always ask me afterwards, you didn't ask what is her regime? Is she one meal a day, two meals a day? So let's do some little bit of housekeeping. Um, what currently are you doing? So currently I'm eating a modified lion diet. That means I'm eating beef and salt and water. Well, I'm not eating water, but like it's beef, salt, water. I'm modifying it by adding butter and coffee and um that's like just for my indulgence, I gotta say. Um, I um, trying. I'm trying that to eliminate all possible sources of inflammation. And I'm not saying that pork is inflammatory or chicken is inflammatory. Um, it's just I want to rule that out, just in case. I even um, I'm I'm not eating eggs at the moment, and and I love eggs, and they are nutritious, and they are like basically boneless chicken, right? <laughs> but um, it's um, yeah. When I started keto, I ate a lot of vegetables. I think I ate spinach like uh, way too much and broccoli. I don't know if that even caused a problem. And eventually I then went keto war and the longer I went, the less vegetables I had. I hadn't, didn't have any fruit and now it's just beef and butter and salt and water and coffee. Lovely. That's really good. And are you incorporating any fasting? Yes. Um, so the fasting was something at the beginning of keto, which I thought was just crazy. Like, like why would people starve themselves? But um, after seven months of keto, I couldn't get off insulin. So I did initially lower the dose of insulin and then I had to increase it again because my sugars would go up. And I thought, oh, well, um, like my A1C is 5.2, so I'm, I'm good. And then I learned, no, I'm not because I'm still hyperinsulinemic. And just the, the, the fact that I was on insulin still... Um, truth that, but um, then I thought, oh, how 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 do I get off insulin? And then I learned about Dr. Jason Thumb, and he explained in his he has a series. It's called the Etiology of Obesity. It's a six part series, six hours, and um, he explained how fasting works and why it works, and uh, that I did that, and then in two weeks I was off insulin. So that was 16-8 fasting. And um, usually now I do 18-6 fasting. When I started carnivore, I thought I couldn't get, get, no, I didn't think I can get away without fasting, but I didn't pay attention to fasting. And actually my blood sugar went a little up. So um, doing the fasting, my blood sugar is fine. Mm, yeah, it does give you a little push sometimes. Um, 
What about friends and family? What did people around you, what did they think of your decisions? So I guess like the funniest was when I told my husband like back in 2019, the next day, hey, I'm doing keto now. And he, I mean, he just knew everything I knew before and just thought it's not healthy. And he said like, no, you're not. And then I said, yes, I, I will. And um, he said, well, talk to your doctor first. And then I went like this behind my back and said, crossing my fingers behind my back and said, yes, I will. And the plan was actually to ask my doctor about it. And if uh, she would have said no, I would have seen the next doctor until I had found someone. Anyways, um, so that was his reaction. Over time, um, they saw the progression I made. I, I say that for my husband because my kids didn't. Um like two years in or three years in, I asked them, like, how about you do keto? And then, no, why? And well, don't you see, like, how much weight I lost and how much healthier I am? And they said, no, you didn't lose any weight. And I said, oh, well, yes. And I showed them a comparison picture and they said, oh, wow. And the funny thing is, like, they thought these are adult kids. Um, the youngest is 18 now, so he would have been 17 at the time. Um I asked, um, he, he didn't ever see me as a like this obese person. He just saw me as mom. And that's why he didn't see the progression I made. But um, other than that, um, yeah, family, mm, they're not on board as <laughs> in doing the same thing, but they support me. And I think that's, that's, that's like as good as it will get. And that's good enough. <laughs> well, I think that's amazing. And I, and I love what you just said about your um, child there. Not seeing you as an obese person, just seeing you as a mum. That that's beautiful. I think that's really nice. Um, so that's your journey so far. But you sound like somebody who's always learning, always wanting to improve. What what do you see for yourself in the future? Have you got a target of extra weight you want to lose, or any particular thing? Yes, definitely. So I want to lose maybe like 40, 50 more pounds, and um, I want to. I want to increase or, or, or like to help more people and doing these coaching courses um i i can do that i actually um, i should say in my facebook group and on twitter i do that a lot and i do that for free i i, I don't charge for it everything uh, most and uh, questions in the group i will answer and then there's like 15000 other people in the group who can answer the questions um what happened about like a, a year or a year and a half ago was that um people started messaging me with questions and I um, I spent a lot of time with one-on-one -on -one talks so that's why I went into coaching but um, like for the future I have to say that um, like with my journey and and um, going forward my life completely changed I have a daytime job and um, that's okay and um, I earn money but this gave my life a complete different perspective like like a purpose because I think um, what people really, they, they lack the knowledge, how do I lose weight? They still think you have to eat less and move more. And this is just not working. It's not working because this is the same thing you would do to work up an appetite, eat less and move more. So how can you increase your hunger and then lose weight? It's just not, not natural. It's not working. So I, I just want to reach as many people as possible. And, um, yeah, sp spread the word. Like Dr. Perry said, spread the word. That's what I want to do. Yes. 
And I think that's, that's beautifully put. Eat less, move more, would increase your hunger. And that's something I say in a different way, but I think that's nice and simple and to the point. Anything where you're calorie restricting is under eating and you just think about food. So that's a recipe for disaster, an absolute recipe for disaster. Now, the name Kimberly comes up ever such a lot in a lot of my interviews. And so many people have asked me if I can get him on the channel. And I have messaged him and he is too busy. He has got back to me and said maybe and should be able to at some point or something like that. If you could say there's a guy in the UK that's trying to spread the word and he would love to have you on the channel, I would really appreciate that. So that's my little um, uh, thing there, if you could do that. Mainly because I'm, I... Maybe 20% of my success stories, and I've, I've got over 500, uh, want to thank Kim Berry. So, you know, I think it would be nice to get him on. But anyway, enough of that. That's a, that's, that's just amazing. Uh, I'm so glad that you replied um, after I read your posts. And at the end of this interview, I'm going to put the post on so people can read how um, touching it is. It's very short. It's to the point. But your whole life was packed into this one comment. I know it was a four-year sort of celebration. And you've said how people can get in contact with you. You don't need to spell out all your links. I'll put them in the description. So if anyone wants to contact you, they can easily do that. That that will be um, that will be done once the video's out. I can't thank you enough. I think, Roxana, it's been really a pleasure. I like to keep my interviews short and sweet. Is there anything else you would like to add before you um, finish the interview? Well, the one thing is that this unlearn rethink, everything we've been taught about nutrition, about diet, about weight loss is wrong. Everything we've been taught about um, meat being dangerous or saturated fat being dangerous is wrong. If, um, if, if you unlearn that, and then if you can look at people like me or other success stories on keto, um, if that can give you that little bit of hope to um, to try one more time. Like, that would make my day. That's brilliant. Thank you, Roxana. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. This is the Roxana Facebook post. Today, October 11th, 2023, marks my four-year ketoversary, and I can't help but be overwhelmed with emotion as I reflect on my incredible journey. So much has transformed in my life, my health, my energy, my outlook in life, and my purpose. Helping and coaching others has become my new passion. I'm now in a position to empower others on their health journeys, making a meaningful impact. I may still be on my path, but I've inspired others to join me not by striving for perfection, but by simply showing what's achievable through what I eat and when I eat. How it all began. I was morbidly obese, living with full-blown T2D, Nash, GERD, and inflammatory arthritis. At 300 plus pounds, I was not a happy camper. Healthy and happy at any size. That's a myth. I wanted to believe it, but the reality was that I was deeply unhappy and deathly sick. I followed the guidelines limited red meat, focused on fruits, veggies and whole grains, and ate frequent small meals. But this advice only made me sicker. Eventually it led to insulin shots with an A1C of 8.5. Was I the perfect patient? Certainly not. Driven by sugar and processed carb addiction, I was not in control. I did try my best. Well-meant advice like, you can't keep restricting yourself, became my excuse to take that one bite. But now I know that addicts cannot control their substance of abuse, in my case, sugar. I now know that my lack of control was not a character flaw. Addiction is a disease of the brain. 
How it continued, early in my keto journey, I discovered Dr. Ken Berry, whose advice was the most consistent and helpful. When I asked him how I could repay him, he simply said, spread the word. That's why I started a Facebook community and a Twitter account. I'm a lifelong learner, so I enrolled in various courses, earning certifications as a metabolic health practitioner, coach practitioner, and LCHF keto advisor. I'm also on my way to becoming a certified primal health coach. Present day, from being the guest on a few podcasts to launching my own YouTube channel, I've stepped out of my comfort zone to inspire and educate. Do I enjoy all this? Absolutely. It's not always easy, but I cherish every step of the way. My health journey continues. Keto, ketivore and carnivore aren't just diets. They're the way humans were meant to live. Join me, become a member of my community and reach out for help. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Your support means the absolute world to me. And if you're enjoying the show, I've got a small favour to ask you. I'd be incredibly grateful if you would consider becoming a supporter and make a small monthly donation. Your contribution will really help to improve the show. I'll be able to improve the software, maybe put a few more episodes out and do many things that I'm hoping to do in the future. Do them a lot quicker. So it's a small monthly contribution. You can cancel at any time and the link is in the show notes. Thanks very much for listening.